Well, g'day folks, and welcome to another episode of the Equip podcast, where we go back over what we learned at Equip class on Sunday. Hopefully this is helpful for you if you missed this week's class, or if you just want to go back over and review what we thought through. I've also put up my full teaching notes uh, on, the, on the website this week, and I'll keep doing that from now on, just so that you can go back and look at verse references and anything else that you might have missed. It's not a record of absolutely everything that I say, uh, because I also just say things that I think of, uh, but uh, there should be plenty there for you to have a look at and have a think through. Now, uh, we looked at on Sunday a number of curly questions, and these were particularly to do with the question of where is the church? And you might remember that, as we've seen so far across the New Testament, there are two ways of understanding church, the visible and the invisible. Uh, the invisible, of course, is all Christians across all time and all places, sort of that already and not yet heavenly gathering at the, uh, the gates of the heavenly city, as it were. But then you've got the visible church, and that's not a denomination or a church of a geographic area. Uh, that's individual local congregations. And the New Testament, of course, talks about those individual congregations in their gathering, but also in the abstract, like we looked at last week. You can talk about a soccer team when it's playing soccer. You can also talk about the team when they're not currently playing soccer. It's playing in the team that defines them, but you can also call them the team when they're not all together. The point being that a church in the New Testament overwhelmingly is pictured as a local congregation, meets together, under the preached word, practices the sacraments of baptism and communion. Uh, I would add practices church discipline, and we'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Uh, but that's what the church is. It's not a denomination or a geographical area. Now, with that in mind, we tackled the following curly questions, and some of these were from last week as well. So does it best reflect scripture to call a live stream church? Well, we saw last week, no. Uh, because it misses the locality aspect. Remember, the church is always local, not regional, or we could add virtual. <laughs> we need to be gathered together. Uh, for example, in Hebrews 10.25, of course, we read that we are not supposed to neglect meeting together. That's actually constitutive of what church is. In 1 Corinthians 11.13, we read that we should celebrate the Lord's Supper when we come together. That's a sacrament that's not meant to be practiced on our own, in our own living room or whatever. It's when we come together as a church, and that's what defines us as a church. So a live stream might be a, a temporary concession, uh, but it's you, you can't really call it church in the way that the scriptures define church. Now, we then moved on and talked about, does it best reflect scripture to have a multi-site church? And we revisited this on Sunday as well. Now, I've included a short video and a long article in the uh, extra resources for this week. The video is really short. It's only a couple of minutes. Uh, it will just whet your appetite. Um, but the, uh, the articles are a good read as well, just going through a number of the reasons that multi-site churches probably aren't one church. They're really a number of small churches that are a bit deficient because they're, they're not really embodying what church is. Uh, so uh, with the multi-site church, there's kind of three ways it could go. 
you can either have one pastor or group of elders over the whole thing and they're meeting in different places. So say you've got one in Wyoming, one in Terrigal and one in Erina. Well, really what you've got there is three churches that have a bit of a remote leadership that's that's either not always with them, as in the sort of one lead, one group of leaders model and that sometimes get around to each of the campuses, uh, or is spread thin across effectively three different congregations. Uh, to that I would say, hmm, not so sure about that. What about the, the model, the second one, where uh, you might have campus pastors? So you've got a, a pastor or an elder over each different site, uh, but then they're subject to a sort of higher leadership authority that's not always with each of those gathered churches. And this is quite common in the multi-site model. They'll talk about having a pastor or leader, and then they will have campus pastors, to which I also say, hmm, not so sure. <laughs> it sounds a lot more like a bishop model, where you've got a, an authority that's not actually located at the local church level. Uh, and biblically, we, we really do want to locate that authority in the local church body, not above it. Um, there's a third kind of multi-site church, and I actually think this one works. What you'd have is, is then, say, separate churches that have the same name and that are voluntarily partnering and have their own pastors and elders. So you've got, you know, say, Terrigal uh, Bible Church, whatever, Terrigal Bible Church that has uh, its own elders. And then you've also got Erina Bible Church and Wyoming Bible Church. They all have the same logo and all have the same color scheme or whatever. They've all got their own elders and their own pastors and those elders and pastors meet together to pray for one another and support each other. That's great. But at that point, it's not really multi-site anymore. It's actually their full-flung separate churches who are just sort of operating as their own mini denomination. And that's fine. But call it that rather than multi-site. We also applied this thinking to multiple congregations at one church. And this one's more popular than the multi-site dilemma. What about where you've got a 9 a.m. and a, an 11 a.m. and a 5 p.m. congregation on the one site? And we, we had a really good discussion about this. Um, all, I, all I really want to say is that it's tempting, of course, to think about the building being the thing that defines that church. Oh, well, we're all meeting at the same building, so we're all one church. Or we have the same pastor. He just preaches at each congregation, but we're all the same church. But remember, a local Church is defined as believers meeting together under the preached word and practicing the sacraments. So you might be at the seven, uh, what I say, the 9 a.m. service, and your friend might be at the 11 a.m. service. You're not actually meeting together with that friend. They're not really part of your church as the scriptures define it. They're part of a separate church, a separate local body of believers that happens to meet at the same building that same day. And again, might have the same uh, name, uh, might even have the same leaders, um, but those aren't the things that necessarily define what the local church is. Uh, we also reflected a little bit on, is it actually the healthiest thing to have separate congregations that are all, and they tend to be clustered by, by age or by interest or whatever. Um, actually, it's, it's a lot healthier, even if it's harder, to have people of all different interests and ages and backgrounds all together in one family.
uh, that's a, a much more powerful witness to the world and uh, much more of the uh, the picture of there's no longer you know Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, uh, male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Uh, that's that's really only captured when you're together in one family, representative of all those differences. Just as a couple of quick stories on this uh, idea of doing away with multiple congregations, I mentioned Springwood Presbyterian Churches in the Blue Mountains. Uh, they're sort of halfway there with this stuff, I think, uh, but really big for the Presbyterian system. They, uh, they've got one sort of teaching elder, if you want, uh, who does a lot of the preaching, uh, but uh, then they've got separate elders over each of their congregations at their church, and they call each of those congregations a separate church. So they're called Springwood Presbyterian Churches. And uh, I, I like hearing that. That's a, a real big step in the right direction from my point of view. Uh, you've also got, and I didn't mention this one on Sunday, but Petersham Baptist Church. Um, I've uh, met one of the elders there before, and uh, he was telling me about uh, just prior to COVID back in 2020, they were really convicted by the scriptures on all these things we've been talking about around, oh, we shouldn't actually be clustering down into multiple congregations. If we're one church, we really need to be one congregation together under the same leadership and, and doing things like one anothering each other here. And so um, they put it to their church and, and uh, worked on it together and uh, then by voted agreement ended up merging their congregations into one, uh, one family altogether. And um, it's apparently been a really healthy thing for them as well, even though it's been really difficult. Um, they've also, as a matter of fact, um, some time ago, started doing an, an adult Sunday school like our Equip class. And uh, also, um, interestingly, don't, uh, or have uh, prior to COVID, they didn't have a kids program. They were trying to do the same thing that, that we are as well in terms of also including kids in that whole one anothering thing and including kids in the, we're all different, but we're one in Christ Jesus. Uh, really powerful picture. And uh, they're still working through all that stuff. COVID's thrown them for a, a bit of a six. Uh, but um, yeah, just another church that's, that's doing this and, and trying to work on it. So we're not alone in thinking this way. Um, this isn't off the wall, crazy stuff. Uh, it's uncommon, but I, I hope like me that you can hear all this and look at the biblical evidence and go, wow, yeah. Um, thinking theologically, it's better if we're all together as one family because that really is what constitutes the local church. Uh, we want to push back just a bit on some of the, the pragmatic thinking of the church growth movement of whatever works to get people in the door. Well, not really. Uh, we want to be churches in the way that the scriptures define them. That's what God will bless, I believe. So some food for thought, uh, even if you disagree with what we've looked at this week, that's fine. Um, I think the, the big takeaway is that I want us to be more theologically and biblically driven than we are merely practically driven. And if you've got that, then fantastic, mission successful. Have a browse of some of the resources on the website and uh, look forward to getting into the marks of a true church with you this Sunday.